Okay, you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's you ready for the big news? What's happening? So I would say about three minutes ago. So you said we were gonna start recording at eight. Yeah. So probably at like seven fifty nine. Uh-huh. I I tweeted at Chance the Rapper. No. A stupid gif. Yes. And he he retweeted it, <gasps> and my phone has just been going nuts. Oh my god! I'm gonna go on right now and look. <laughs> So I tweeted right afterwards a link to the podcast because you know yeah can't uh, can't give it up but uh, no. already I'm at um, close to two hundred retweets I think Jesus I'm at a I'm at one hundred eighty retweets in the past okay nine minutes it's been nine minutes but my phone like I don't know if you can hear it it just keeps going no. I definitely got to shut it off okay um, I'm definitely looking right now you have one hundred eighty two retweets and three hundred seventy seven mm-hmm. likes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's huge. I mean, That's... this is my big moment. No, this it is. is. When, this, is this is when they do, like, an Eat True Hollywood story about, like, how did how did Jason become the most successful podcaster in the history of podcasts? The Chance answer is October 20th, 2016, Jason gets retweeted by Chance the Rapper. For the second time, I might add. This is the second time I've been retweeted by Chance the Rapper. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but this one's actually funny, uh, is the difference. So, um... That yeah, is so I awesome. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shut off my phone now so I'm not distracted by the fact that I'm becoming a fucking celebrity oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, no, you're having um, it's it's time. It's time for moment. the world to know who Jason Kasman is. Is it's a guy who's able to search for a GIF on Twitter. That's who I am. It's that's just it's that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, it's important for us to have tweet tweet Twitter though. Like I was explaining to someone, like it is so important to watch the election not even just to be informed but also to like be able to be on twitter and see what you get which yeah. sounds really I, weird but for us did it's you like, see my election tweet um i spent a long time on it and it didn't get the love i was hoping for all right i felt the same way so why don't we each now say out loud what our what our tweet was that we felt should sure hold on let me yeah I so, gotta pull it up. actually you liked mine that i really liked okay so i spent about 40 minutes of preparation on this tweet okay okay yeah yeah uh it is a gif um of the very first and i tweeted it out right away okay okay like right when it was time is a gif of uh the moderator uh who i'm blanking on his name you know his name uh nope i'm literally on your chris wallace okay it is it is it is a gif of chris wallace saying good evening followed by the word false coming over the gif Yes. And the caption is first hashtag fact check of the night hashtag fact check debate. Now I will say in that's a good it's a good tweet. A, I mean I also that is what like that you retweeted and responded to your own tweet. Well yeah, well because so like an, an hour or so later I was like what the this, why did this not go viral hashtag rigged. Okay, uh, keep in mind you can follow me at JC Casman and you can retweet this tweet if you want. Um, I will say. I will say that uh, of the four likes that it received, I only know, um, oh, it received five likes, and I only know three of those people. That's so, like, big. Yeah, that's a good deal. No, last, see, second debate I did well, because I actually got retweet, I think I got four retweets from randos, and, like, six likes from randos, and, like, rando love on Twitter 
is That's really where deal. it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Oh shit! Now I'm getting I'm getting notifications on my computer. You are That's so too much. famous right now. I'm sh turning on Do Not Disturb. Uh, we're at 263 retweets and 492 likes. Oh. Um, also, like big news in our world is that we released the podcast. Yeah, we did, and we're on yeah. iTunes. And I listened to this podcast of our voices on our podcast on my phone. Literally, on I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you hundreds of dollars in therapy. You have narcissistic personality disorder, yeah. and you know you have. I've diagnosed you. I Easy. was talking about narcissistic personality disorder today. Mm -hmm, just to yourself in the mirror. Oh no! I was explaining uh, why Trump's behavior doesn't confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's textbook. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he just has a microphone that's and a... followers, which is scary. That's true, and we have microphones, um, but no followers yet. But so, if you want to follow, you can do this at the front of the, the episode. Yeah. Uh, just go to uh, iTunes and you can search us, Postdoc Podcast. You can also go to Tumblr, postdocpodcast.tumblr.com. And Podbean? Apparently people listen to Podbean. I didn't even hear about Podbean until we had to figure out what uh, Podbean was. Right, but, um, but now I, had, there. I, I had at least two people be like, yo, you're on Podbean? That's great. And I was like, what? Yeah. So. Also, so if you love us thing. individually and not just oh, together. Sure. Well, you already, you said yours. Yeah, no, say yours. I mean, not that you're ever going to get, uh, oh. let's see more right now, uh, 304 retweets in 14 minutes. Not to, but, like, uh, shit on it, Jason, but you just, like, posted a GIF. <laughs> <laughs> not to be, like, a dick about your moment. Okay, so I will, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I accept it as constructive criticism. Sure. Um... But hang on, I I do want to say jealous. I am a little jealous because this tweet last night I thought was really funny and it got zero. Oh yeah, yeah. What's your what's your what's your good I, debate tweet? Okay, I felt like this was fun. I said Trump could write a new book called The Art of Word Salad and Bullshit. Oh wait, no, no, no that's not my favorite of yours. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. No, but one, I had you retweeted this the other one that I said. Yeah. Okay, the other one I said, and Jason did give me a retweet, which was so nice. He's, I said, he uses closing statement to talk shit instead of sell himself. Is that how you art all your deals, sir? Yeah. No, that felt yeah. Good. I was, that was really good. into that the was, book last night, apparently. That was good wordplay. Thank that you. Was, uh, Thank you. I'm all, you know, I'm all about that wordplay. I, I had a good one uh, today, which I, I won't spoil it because, uh, oh, I got one favorite on it. Who is that? Favorite my tweet. You fuck. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's so annoying. What? I no, it's it's great. It's good to have one friend. Yeah. Um, hey, at least we have each other co-host. That's so cute. Um, I just and she's yeah. she's at E M Toby. Thank you. Uh, T O B E Y. Um, I don't know. I'm really trying to do the whole Twitter thing. It also feels soul sucking because like <laughs> I go through and I'm like. Man, I'm the funniest person ever, and no one cares. Exactly. Um, but then every once in a while, you know, for the elite among us, you get retweeted by someone oh. such as Chance the Rapper. Have you heard of Chance the Rapper? He's, like, the biggest independent artist of our time. I, uh, I have seen him. He is such, like, a cool supporter of, like, Chicago arts, and it makes me so right. happy because... He goes to improv shows, and I was working at I.O. once, and he came just, like, 
with everybody, and they were like, we're going to go to the show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> like, you see, what, what, what I hear when you, when you say that is he's someone who appreci- appreciates good comedy. Yes. Uh, and when he saw my oh tweet, my he instantly tweeted, retweeted it out because he, he said, you know, I know comedy. I'm Chancellor Bennett, and mm-hmm. I know comedy, mm-hmm. and I need the world to see this piece of comedy. Uh, and so far, uh, the world has responded in kind and said, yes, sir, you are right. Primo comedy, 349 retweets. Um, I feel so bad for Teresa. Like, you're going to be talking about it all night. I'm literally going to wake her up in the middle of the night and be like, yo, we're at 500. We made um, it, yeah. It is yeah, very we. exciting. Though. Very important that I say we. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so a little bit of, like, behind the curtain situation here, because what we're doing is strange this week. True story. Um, so we've released, uh, by the time this is is out we've released three episodes by the time we we air this we'll have released three episodes right this is going to be the fourth episode we release but this is the eighth episode that we're recording so if timeline events don't add up in your mind that would that's be why <laughs> that's why um but basically so you have this week uh i chose uh the the documentary 13th uh it's ava duvernay it's on netflix New on Netflix, hot on the flicks. Um, oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about it, and so and it's it's soups relevant. Um, it's got a lot about both the Clintons and uh, the Donald. Um, so it felt weird to watch it and dis- and then release our ta- our thoughts about it um, after, after the election. The election. Yeah. Um, even now, it feels like in two weeks, like that's kind of late already. Um, yeah. But shit happens, you know? And so we watched this documentary. Uh, I want to be the first on the record to say uh, I think we've watched a lot of really good documentaries. I think this is the first documentary that's, like, required viewing. You know what I mean? That all these other documentaries are really good. Uh, They've been really fun uh, and interesting. I think this is one that, like, regardless of what you think about documentaries or what you think about the world or what you think, that you should watch this one. It's good information, and it presents um, a side of just general American history that really isn't talked about in schools or really in the media generally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I think it's necessary. And we've definitely been sticking with, like, more artsy and fun, lighthearted documentaries so far. And this is maybe the first one that is relevant and current and about our social and political climate. Right. Uh, New I, territory. I would say confidently, especially from the first uh, four, this is the first one uh, from a non-white director. Uh, this is the first one which definitely uh, centers a non-white narrative. Unfortunately, it's a super um, upsetting one, ch- challenging one, um, but it's... Uh, facts. Right, but it's facts. And like, yeah. if you... Uh, if you can't handle facts, then uh, get out of the uh, the, the fact the kitchen. The fact zone. The fact kitchen. Nice. Yeah. No, I like fact zone. Thank you. I like that. Okay. We're at 405 free tweets. So, yeah. um, 13th, uh, first thing for me anyway, the first thing I noticed like midway through yeah. is this documentary is dense. Just in uh, terms of not even uh, about like what it talks about. Okay, so 13th, uh, what it's talking about, the where the title comes from, it's talking about the 13th Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, basically, it's a documentary all about 
uh, modern, uh, the mass incarceration, uh, a.k.a. modern slavery. Um, basically, 13th Amendment of the Constitution says you can't enslave uh, humans uh, unless they have been committed for, of a crime. Yes. So what happens is that uh, crimin, the criminal justice system ends up being an extension of American slavery, and that's what this documentary uh, discusses. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. No, Did I miss? true. I, no, that's but, the general basis of it, and they really just talk up to a bunch of different, mostly professors um, and some politicians, about kind of where they've been throughout this journey as, you know, new presidents have come forth and... Right. Yeah. So the first, like, the first straight half of the documentary, so it's like a 70-minute documentary, right? The first half of it is just straight facts. Mm-hmm. It's a timeline of events. Yeah. Um, which was, I think that uh, they did a good job of, like, breaking it up, but it, like, honestly was, like, I don't want to say tough to follow, but, like, tough to to watch. You know I what I mean? Like, it, it, it was like watching a timeline. Well, and I texted you, like, the, I, I found this very interesting, um, but it was tough for me to stay focused the entire time because it is a lot of information, um, and it's all really good information, and some of it is, like, kind of even shocking, but... It's so much to take in, and I found myself, like, getting a little, like, overwhelmed. <laughs> right. But it, it was very good. It, you could watch it in shifts and yeah, maybe, I like, mean, really get every ounce that you can out of it. We were watching it here. We got through, like, 40 minutes, and it just felt like we were our, like we had to be done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no way this could keep going. Well, um, <laughs> the first time I attempted to watch this... Somehow my mind got fixated on uh, the Clintons and presidents, and then I got uh, into, like, Obama and how he got elected. And then I ended up, I swear to God, I was watching this documentary, and I ended up watching (laughs) Manhunt, where they look for Osama bin Laden. And then I just ended up down a bin Laden rabbit hole, and I was like, oh, God, like, I didn't mean to, but, like, it's just what happened. I came back to it, though, and it was fantastic but yeah Mm -hmm. no i definitely went down a rabbit hole no i mean i think for me it was like on top of the fact that like this the subject matter is like you know obviously upsetting the idea that we incarcerate you know that one in three black men are gonna wind up in prison by the time they uh you know by the time they're adults that's if that doesn't upset you then i think it's fair to say even though we only have like two people listening to this podcast you can stop listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> so now we're point, down to one. No, Jason, I believe in your Chance the Rapper situation, and I think we're going to at least have, like, seven at this point. Yeah, we're at 437 retweets. Oh, uh, so, yeah. I, 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 but I'll, I'll agree that, like, I found it, like, tough to, like, almost to follow, yeah, I guess yeah. is the way I'd say it. You know, like, like, because it was so dense is the word I could come back to. Yeah. But she used a lot of really... Um, striking visuals maybe is the word it kind of felt like a, a music video almost there was a lot of like sharp cuts and like yeah. drastic angles uh, and some of it worked for me some of it didn't I think the best use was um, the repetition of the word criminal was super intelligent Yeah, um, I loved that like that's the kind of thing where this wasn't a documentary that just like just the facts ma'am you know what I mean like it also like well they have to educate a lot of people and make their point very quickly. So it can't just be facts. It's got to grab you. Right. It was they, grabbing. Yeah. It was gripping. So here's 
here's my thing about all of this. So, first of all, I'm going to sound snobbish, but it's fine. So in college, I actually took a class that was the civil rights movement through film. Mm-hmm. So I've watched a ton of documentaries about the civil rights movement. Um, I think we started just about when slavery was abolished in that class and up till present time. So, yeah. so in that sense, some of this wasn't super shocking to me because I've watched a lot of documentaries that go into a lot of depth about a lot of the stuff they bring up. Um, but with that said, I had to take a special class to get that information and to understand that part of American history. Like right. we, this is what I came out of like high school with. And like, I took all the smart kid classes and all that stuff. So like I came out of high school and my idea of like black history was that slavery was abolished because of Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and the North and the North. Yes. The good people of the North the and good people of the North. And then everything I guess was probably super chill until, uh, 1960s. Um, right. when Martin Luther King Jr. came out and he was starting to like, you know, rally people and peaceful protesting. Um, and then after that, everything was fine again. Like that's right. literally and the shit that you get taught. And the way you're taught <laughs> it is like, so Rosa Parks wanted to sit on the front of the bus, yeah. but no one would let her. And then everyone was like, well, maybe it's a good idea. And all the white people decided it was time to let black people have rights, you know? Yeah, no, like, it's so white. It's always, yeah. right, and it's always that the white people like, you know what, we realize now that we were wrong, yeah. and we're going to give you the rights. Yeah, when Because in, we're the ones who have them. Absolutely, but in reality, things are not so different today than they were in like the 50s and the 40s like it's the same narrative it's the same thing that keeps happening and this just shows you that that was happening as bad as as our educations were so i the what i say is like the best class i took in college was my last semester um was about uh uh, post-civil war south it was about the history of the confederacy of the united states yeah uh and one of the major points that I took out of that class is the idea that like the civil war never ended. And if it, if you want to say it ended like the South one, that, that like really the ideals of the Confederacy were to set up a white supremacist male dominated system. Yeah. And, and that's at the exactly end of the war, did. that's what they got. Yeah. Um, and on top of the fact, like, and, and the other thing I pulled out of that class, cause we had a very diverse class, not only in terms of like, racial makeup, but like economic makeup, and uh, where we were from in the country. And there were a lot of people in that class who, I lived in the South for a while, but who, uh, you know, went through all of their education in the South, even there, I had some grad students who went to college in the South. And the history that we learn in the North is completely different than the history they learn in the South. Totally. So when you get, when you come to conversations about race and racial injustice and uh, things that are, and all the things that this movie tries to cover, you have to understand that, like, we literally come from different factual realities. Yeah. We, we understand the world differently. No, it's, um, that's totally true. And it's, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's so troubling to me, like, that that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen, um, the New York Times has one, and someone else does too, where it shows you Facebook um, as if you were a conservative and Facebook as if you were a liberal? No, but I so, am into that. Because mine's definitely So basically liberal. what it is, right. Like, so I like, don't see a lot of Trump, Trumpy stuff because I don't know a lot of those people. 
Exactly. There's, like, two kids from my high school who are, like, really loud on Facebook and they post a bunch of it. Yeah. Um, but they seem like, you know, thorns in, in my side because the rest of it is just, like, man, you should have seen how much kombucha Bernie Sanders was drinking. And now it's just, like, the <laughs> most liberal. Yeah. Granola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I do think that this movie... So I think you're right, that this movie had a lot of ground to cover because we had to it had to re-educate the viewer from the very beginning um but it's kind of like you know sometimes it's good to start from square one and for me anyway like it may i don't see how you could walk away from this movie without believing in it yeah no and i think the thing is is that i feel like people more so like us who are curious about racial injustice in this country and like those of us that admit that we're ignorant like we're gonna watch this anyway you know what i mean but it's like this would go this would educate like trump people sorry to just keep generalizing them in this basket of i don't know what word i would want to use there um (laughs) (laughs) but it's like those people are the ones that that really need to see it because I mean I do have family that doesn't think that racism is like happening in this country right now and I'm like right. I I don't understand how you think that that's not happening like yeah what do you mean it's not happening so it's like someone like this would totally benefit from that but I'm not sure that people who you know don't think that they're racist in any way shape or form slash they actually are like they're not going to seek out this movie unfortunately no absolutely absolutely not um but it would do them I mean, some good well, and it's it's why it's good that it's, like, on Netflix, you know. It's not like you have to pay money to, or extra money to see it. It's easily accessible. Um, even if you watched five minutes of it, I think it'd be... Good. Yeah. Was there was there any moment for you that, like, that, like jumped out? Because there's so much to talk about, and obviously uh, for two white people to talk about this whole movie is, like, not the most important thing in the world no. to put on the internet. So the thing that I... I really liked that they talked about was just how the social climate has really not changed so much and it's really like technology is catching up with things happening. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that really struck me that I learned about in my class was Emmett Till, Mm -hmm. who was a 14-year-old boy. He, um, uh, a 21-year-old white woman felt as though he was flirting with her. So she went home and told her husband and he was very mad. Um, and so him and his, I don't know, brother, brother-in-law, buddy, I don't know, two of them went and got this kid, literally just abducted this kid from his home. They beat him, they drowned his body, and uh, yeah, just because this kid talked to a white woman. But the thing that was crazy about that case at the time was that his mom allowed an open casket with his body just totally mangled from everything they had done to him and you know people took pictures of it and it was published in in magazines and in newspapers and like that was the first time people were getting a visual of what was actually happening whereas today it's like there's a live feed of someone who's just been shot you know we can like get that information so much quicker today and it's so accessible but it's not like it's new it's just that it's accessible right you know that's what I mean? um just that's 1955, so that's, like, yes. right before we we kind of 
make the, the 60s turn into civil rights. Not to say that the civil rights movement starts in the 60s, because it really doesn't. No. But that's, when, but that's when we make the turn towards, like, Martin Luther King's civil rights. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the civil rights you learned in high school. So, yeah. So then here's, here's the bigger bullshit with this that they didn't go into. But it's exactly what's happening today. So these two guys get tried for this murder. Mm-hmm. They, are, yeah. they are acquitted. Of course. And then because of double jeopardy, they can't be tried for the same crime again. So then they admit that they did it. Oh, my so, God. I know. And, like, no one could do anything about it. But it's like, that's not different. That's still happening today. Like, oh, it's yeah. just that it was, um, it was just harder to hear about. I mean, technology and media is really what's, like, allowing this to feel like more of a problem, even though it's always been there. It's just so much well, more accessible. And what's what's this movie shows too, and someone someone says that at some point, I think it's the CNN guy, where it's basically just like, you know, white supremacy is is always like ahead of the curve on how to to spin it and how to to negate what's going on, like negate what's happening in front of us. And like Emmett Till, there were excuses made, there were there were justifications made for you know murdering a child and even today it's right in front of our eyes and we see how many videos live streamed like you said and there are still justifications and there are still uh, excuses for murdering innocent black people um and a lot of it as this movie proves is is not much more than just that like we're afraid of black bodies and like that's enough um and that the dehumanization is at a point where it's like you can get away with anything as long as it's like in the service of advancing like whiteness. Yeah, well, in ta- like right now we're hearing the t- the word rigged like all the damn time right now, but like a rigged system against somebody that would be our system that we have now because right. they and they show this in the film too. It's like it, just because slavery ended didn't mean that black people had a chance to be completely equal. Right. They didn't. And it's and it sucks, but like that was even in breaking slavery, it was still set up as such that they were not going to be uh with the same advantages as white people. And then that's just the system. It's just it just breeds from that. Well, and I think I think one another thing this documentary really like I guess illuminated for me, maybe is the best way to put it, is like is the this idea of dog whistling and using, I guess, in quotes, subtle uh, terms to advance racism. Dog whistling, I don't know if you, like, it's a new term for me in the past couple weeks, and suddenly it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, And I I almost wonder if it's, like, kind of new, like, just came out of academia or something, because I haven't really heard about it a lot. um, Do you want to explain it a little bit? Yeah, so dog whistling is, so, like, you know, when you blow a dog whistle, only dogs can hear it is the idea. Right. Um, dog, Dog whistling is saying... Uh, is using coded language, uh, sometimes thinly veiled coded coded language, to um, to alert your supporters. I guess would be the way to put it. I'm trying to to think of a way to say it where it's not just in terms of race. Um, it's almost in, like you're... a calling card, but for certain people. Yeah, it's like it's like, <laughs> hey, everybody, like we're all gonna have the same racist thought now, but we're not gonna say it out loud. Yeah. Um. So, uh, historically, um. So Nixon has the war on crime, Reagan has the war on drugs. Those are, you know, on the surface, war on drugs is we're trying to clean up, uh, get, get rid of drugs. Drugs are bad, drugs hurt people. Um, but they disproportionately, um, shocker, they disproportionately uh, 
target uh, blacks and uh, minorities in their efforts war to clean drugs. up this in their war on drugs. And yeah. it's this whole it's this whole thing where it's like the inner cities. That's where the bad things are happening. You can't see, I guess, on the pod on the podcast, but I'm using air quotes very much. Um, and so, if you are a suburban uh, white middle class person. You hear that, and you know what he, what what Reagan is actually saying is, we're going to take care of the black people who are going to harm you. Yeah. Um, Just real, real short but quick side note: when they showed Reagan right announcing his mm-hmm. like war on drugs, like from the White House mm-hmm. or whatever, and Nancy Reagan's all like sitting next to him, she is not making eye contact with the camera nor Reagan. And she looks so goddamn bored, and she's just kind of staring like over there. And it I, it was hilarious to me. I'm like, she could not care less. <laughs> I, you see, I saw the same thing, and I saw like terrified. Oh, not I, thought, bored. I thought she was just like, well, I guess I'm here, you know. Oh my god, no! I thought she was more <laughs> like like she realized what was happening. I don't know. People don't like her. I don't. I don't know how. I, I wasn't alive. Like I don't know how I feel about her. No, I know. People it was don't. more just like she didn't. Ha- she wasn't like looking anywhere, and he was talking for a really long time. I was like, that's a mm-hmm. long time for you to just like not be looking at America or your husband. <laughs> she couldn't even look at America she because even... she knew what they were about to do. Yep. Um, Smoke drugs. In terms of, uh, uh, you know, leading up to the election, this movie is so present and, like, so, and, and so, uh, so s- smart when it comes to uh, how it addresses Trump and Clinton. Um, doesn't go easy on either of them, doesn't, like, you know, take a side, so to speak. Although, yeah. I mean, I guess, so, so the one thing that, like, got tweeted around all the, uh, when this was, when this movie first came out, um, only a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, is that, um, montage of Trump speaking, um, oh. overlaid with video from the civil rights, uh, it, from the civil rights movement, it's, then that's about dog whistling, right? It's, yeah. a, it's this, it, it's heart-wrenching, it's watching Donald Trump speak about, you know, attacking black people, essentially, um, overlaid with videos of, be- of black people being attacked, and it's super powerful oh, yeah. uh, and super clear what's going on. But doesn't it, like, not to take away from the issues here, but does that not feel like fucking Nazi Germany? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, just that whole moment with his, yeah, with his voice overlaid on, like, just, you know, imagery from the past and just reality. Like, that was some freaky stuff. It well, didn't it, feel it, good. You know, I know it wasn't it, supposed it, to feel good, but, like, they didn't have to work too hard at, like, making him feel terrifying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely not. Um, but for me, I, I think that the there was there's just so much. There, there's so much of the corporate interest that's terrifying. The fact that, like, there are corporations who are basically, like, we make more money. It, not even basically who make more money when more people are put in prison, and so it is. it benefits them to have laws where more people get put in prison. Oh, and guess what? We have ALEC, which is a fun little club yep. where all the corporations can sit together and put more people in prisons. Like, that's not... None of that is how democracy is supposed to work. Trump isn't supposed to be a thing, and ALEC isn't supposed to be a thing, and yet they're both super big things which are, like, taking over the country. Yeah, and it's true, and it's the same with war, it's like once people start making money off of whatever, 
like that's how it becomes a war on something you know what right. i mean and like this is like that's what the war on drugs is well and it's this such is a literally part of that complex it's such a difficult position to articulate as a politician right because as a politician you're constantly trying to please everyone totally. and saying and and saying that you want to be tough on criminals well that's like duh like everyone wants criminals to not exist no yeah. one wants criminals to to be a thing mm-hmm. um but and, and and articulating the other point where you know we don't want criminals to be a thing but we have to have practices that involve rehabilitation and, and getting people back into society and you know is so much more sentences than just like we're gonna put them all in prison yeah. um and it's as simple as that in some ways it's just so much easier to be tough on crime than it is to uh to be sympathetic we don't have we don't have room in society for sympathy no not at all and actually the footage that they showed uh like just the straight prison footage uh yeah also terrified me because like that to me is something we still don't visually see a lot of because like that kind of surveillance is not as public as like a uh a body cam right but like that's terrifying and there's a lot of people that get put in for no reason or they can't post a bail of any kind yeah and then they just get stuck in that and like when they i don't know when they threw that one dude across like the floor and then like three other i don't know i just like the prison footage for me was something i hadn't seen very much of no well and there's there's a quote in it where someone says you know you're better off being uh guilty and rich than you are being innocent and poor oh yeah and basically it's like you're, the whole system is designed to make money. It's designed to get convictions. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating because, like you said, like, this is something that we all know. They're just like, we, we, not we all, obviously. It's something that so many of us know, but there's so many people who just like either ignore it or deny it for uh, their own personal safety. I don't know. I think people are afraid of thinking of themselves as racist. Um, yeah. No, to me, there's a difference, like, for me, I I am aware that I am a white person with white person problems and that I am ignorant to minority problems. So see, to me, I that's, just, like, different than being a racist. No, see, you're a racist. Like, I'm a racist. I was born into a racist society. And, yeah, like, it's a problem and I'm working on it and I'm doing everything I can to, not, you know, maybe not everything I can. I don't want to give myself so much credit. But I'm doing, I'm taking steps to not be as racist but it doesn't matter like See, at the end I think, of the day i think self-awareness matters like so much though people need to watch this this documentary yeah. um with something of an open mind or i don't know an open heart or yeah like i had a converse like the reason that i'm saying that or like thinking about it is because like i i had one person in my family slash news feed that's like very racist and very drumpy and he posted something about Black Lives Matter, and it was Rudy Giuliani saying, like... God. So, I know, dude, he is <laughs> killing me. But that's... Whatever. But he said something like, yeah, well, if I established a group called White Lives Matter, like, that that would be considered, like, a hate group or a race group yes, or some shit like that. Very good, Uncle Phil. I know. And so he posted that, and I was like, you know, like, this is the kind of shit... This is the kind of shit... You know what I mean? Like, this is not okay to just keep putting out there. So I commented nope. on it, and I was like, hey, just so you know, like, when you post stuff like this, it you should think about it, because that's ignoring 
the actual problem. Like, this is a white man's solution to a minority problem in America. Right. And so I just put that out there. I was like, just, like, think about it, dude. And so he responded to me kind of politely or whatever, and he was like, uh, unlike you, like, I've experienced racism and unlike you, like, my father was a racist, and, like, I am not a racist, but, like, cops are being attacked in America. And I'm like, that's, that's the problem, though. Like, that's, like, that's a, that's not even on the same page as this. Like, this is right. just about that, like, the system is not built fairly. And, like, you right. should acknowledge that, not justify it. Like, own the well, fact like, that it is. And, like, people aren't into admitting that something's wrong. Well, and, like, that's the thing. No one is saying that, like, cops don't put themselves in danger and yada, 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 and, like, they, they don't have a difficult job. Like, that's not... No one is saying that. And no one's saying, like, we'd be better off without police officers. Obviously, yeah. there's people who are saying that, but there's people on the Internet who say everything. People on the Internet who are married to a toaster. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, the vast majority of people are not do not have that position. So to argue that position is ridiculous. Right, but, like, that's a person who should, like, watch this and, and yes. get something out of it. But that's also the same person that's, like, not because they're, like, well, I don't have a problem and that's, and that's just not real, so, like, I'm just not going to think about it. Well, the other thing, too, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the top, is that, like, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter, right? Because we all have our own facts and we all believe our own facts and we just do whatever, like, we, we believe whatever the hell we want. Right. Um... And, like, I got into a, I guess you could call it an argument. It was it was dumb. But, like, with a with a Trump supporter. Um, and his whole thing was, he kept saying over and over again, well, like, well, yeah, you just believe whatever the heck CNN tells you. You just believe whatever the hell MSNBC tells you. You could say that um, about Fox. <laughs> right. And I could turn to him and say, you just you just believe whatever the hell, you know, Drudge Report told you. Like, what's, what's the difference in that? Right. Um, and, like, to a certain extent, he's right. Like, I'm watching this documentary, and I'm going to believe what they say because that's my, you know, maybe liberal ignorance. I don't know. But on yeah. the other hand, it's like, if we don't, if you're, if you're not willing to, like, listen to, <laughs> to facts. facts? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's, like, you know, so, like I said, the whole first half of this documentary is just straight just fact. Facts. No edit- editorialization at all. And so it's like, if you can't look at this and just be like, oh, here are facts, like, I don't know what to do for you. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I would say I am nine out of ten worried about, like, actual violent revolt on November 9th. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's going to be insane whichever way it goes. Like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. But it's just the thing, it's going to be insane whichever way it goes because of the same person. Exactly. No, he's... Although I wonder, because, you know, he didn't even have to ask Hillary whether she would concede the the election if she lost. Like, he, you know, which says something about the candidates, right? When you're a candidate who doesn't have to be asked for that. But, um, I don't know what her reaction would be. I don't think she's going to say it. She's certainly not going to say it's rigged. But, um... No, I think she... I don't know. We don't have to think about that. I hope not. I really hope that we don't. I I feel like the bigger news story is going to be, like, on November 10th, like, we're still waiting for Trump to uh, concede, mm-hmm. right? So concede Watch 2016. Concede. Yeah, Ooh, it's, it's going to be... quick, buy the URL yeah. that has trumpconceded.com. Do it. I just I bought will it, say, and I'm a millionaire. To, uh, 
to bring us back, I will say on, on the Twitter life, I did, uh, during debate two, uh, I did get a Trump supporter to respond to one of my tweets. Nice. I know. That's, and that that's felt the like, holy grail. Yeah. No, I felt really good about it. Uh, what they said was fairly incoherent, and I didn't understand if Damn they were it. mad or happy. But I didn't care, and I didn't respond. I was just... Uh, Did they have deplorable thrilled. in their Twitter name? No, it, I, I don't even remember. It was oh, a well, woman, okay. though. I was like, girl, oh. get over here. Yeah, that's really... Uh, <laughs> you get out of there. I know, like, I'm not allowed to tell women what they should and shouldn't do with their lives, but, like, don't fucking vote for Trump. Yeah. But, uh... All right. Okay, so that was a good podcast. Good discussion. It was our first, like, real, real topic that we talked about. Yeah, it was a real, it was real. I don't know. Hopefully people will comment and be like, you fucked up, or like, you did a great job, or like, yeah. either way would be nice. Um, Just attention is really... Yeah. So, because, because we fucked up the order, I'm gonna pick again uh, for next week. Which is weird because you already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because we already recorded it. It's true. But in any case, next week, next week we're watching a documentary also on Netflix. It's called Meet the Patels. Um, it's a fun little... It's a very different <laughs> documentary yes. than this week's. Um, Light, lighter, I would say. It, it's a lot lighter. Um, Culturally interesting still. Oh, yeah. There's lots to talk about. Uh, we already did, and it came out good. So watch the documentary. <laughs> Watch the documentary and then uh, come back and and listen to us. We're on iTunes. We're on Tumblr. We're on, we're on all that stuff. Um, I am at seven hundred thirty nine retweets oh, and one one point three thousand favorites. Wow. Yeah. You must feel point. so good right now. Um. Yeah, I do. You should. Yeah, I got, I got, gonna go out on this, uh, this, on this title of a Chance the Rapper song. Everybody's Somebody's Documentary. That is lovely. 